0: My name is Bryce Matthews, and this is the Deep and Lonely podcast presented to you by Houndsman XP. During this podcast, we will dive deep into what makes the ultimate, top-level, and unmatched extreme competition coon hunter. We will hear stories of old, tales of today, and we will dive deep into what separates the men from the boys. The stories will be raw, the truth will be told, and the camaraderie will be second to none. Pull up your chaps, it's about to get deep. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Deep and Lonely podcast presented to you by Houndsman XP. Today, I got one of my good time buddies with me. I conned him into sitting down across the table out here at the hunting cabin. He told me he wasn't going to get on here, but by golly, here we are. We have Mr. Stephen Basham live with us tonight on what I think is going to be a pretty interesting episode of Deep and Lonely Podcast. Are you excited,
1: man? Uh... I guess.
0: (laughs) Yeah, don't let him sound all shy. If anybody knows me and has me on Facebook, you probably also see the stuff that he posts on Facebook, and you know he is not shy, so do not let him hide behind this microphone. Today's topic is going to be all about rule changes and rules. We're going to try and probably stay mainly in PKC, the professional kennel club, as that is the kennel club who's proposing the rule changes right now. And let me tell you guys, it has been a firestorm of the last couple of weeks, with people and their ideas on these rule changes, what they've submitted, what they think needs to be done with them. Everything under the sun, people have an opinion on. And we're going to try and narrow that down today here on the Deep and Lonely podcast. Basham, let's just get a real quick deal. Hot or not, PKC rule changes submitted by the members. Hot or not?
1: Oh, it's definitely hot. It's oh. A, it's a hot, it's a hot topic right now. He Ooh. says it's hot. <laughs>
0: okay so let's do a quick let's just do a quick introduction here for you bashing guys the format of today's podcast we're doing a little bit different here we're going to Uh, You know, and i are going to lay these things out. We're going to talk about these rule changes and the proposals. And then we're going to do an on-air live call-in from some of you listeners. We made a Facebook post earlier today saying that we were going to be on here to talk to some of you guys. I know it was last minute, but I didn't want you to forget about it. So we've got a few guys lined up that have something to say about these rule changes. We're going to get them on the phone. We're going to talk to them for a few minutes hear their side of the story, and then we're gonna just spin off of there and you know wrap this thing up. So this is gonna be a little bit different format than what we're used to. I hope you guys enjoy it, and I hope more than anything this goes as planned. This is kind of flying off the cuff, but that's what we're good at, yeah, ain't it?
1: We're flying by the seat of our pants, bud. That's
0: what we've done since the day I met you.
1: Isn't that what we do?
0: We've never done anything ever any different.
1: My hype man, ride or die,
0: right? Hype man, ride or die. I mean, heck, I ended up with a, a um, future wife out of this deal, flying I by know. the seat of our
1: pants. I, I mean, I'm just a matchmaker. You can call me Hitch.
0: Chewie, I tell you what, guys. If we had time for all the stories here, you would be tired of listening to us. It'd be six hours worth of podcast. Oh, boy. All right. So Basham, just give us a little bit of background on you. Where did you start at in hunting? How did you get to where you are now? Let, let's just do a quick, brief overview. All
1: right. Quick and brief. Very brief. I know you're not very good at that. Yeah, it's very long. Um, man, I started coon hunting whew, back when I was a little bitty. My dad got me started. Uh, his great uncle got him started. So it's kind of a family thing. Uh, we had a pretty good size uh, coon club in Hancock County, uh, Hawesville, Kentucky. And... Uh, had a bunch of participants. I mean, our club hunts alone would draw 40, 50 dogs. And so my grandma lived right next door to the fairgrounds. So every single event that was held there, I was there. Uh, I traveled with my dad going to the old style of UKC hunting. And that was um, field trials, uh, row cages, treeing contests, water races, bench show, and a night hunt every single Saturday. So we traveled a lot and did a lot of that and then uh, I uh, became 18 and a little bit after that I joined the Marine Corps. I had to quit coon hunting for quite a while and then uh, as luck holds it I just kind of ventured back to this area and been hot and heavy ever since.
0: All right. Well, I, I do want to dig something. That was brief. I'm proud of you. Good hey, job. I'm, try-
1: I'm trying to help you out here.
0: Good bro. job. Proud of you. <laughs> let's, 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 let's go back a little bit here. Talk to me about your days in the Marine Corps. What all, what all was involved in that? What did you do is dog wise?
1: Uh, dog wise. Okay. So there is a little bit to deal with dog wise. Yeah. Uh, I tried to skim over that part of it. So, um, the first five years I was at Camp Pendleton, California, um, well, that's where I was supposed to be stationed. I spent most of my time in Iraq, but um, I didn't really do too much with dogs. In uh, I actually got out of the Marine Corps at that point in time and went back overseas as civilian contractor for a little bit. <clears throat> and then I technically got recalled uh, from the inactive reserve, uh, but before they could recall me, I just went on ahead and reenlisted. And when I got to Camp Lejeune, they were starting a program called the IDD. Detector dog and basically what we were doing is taking Labrador retrievers uh, Field champion duck dogs and we are turning them into off-leash bomb dogs. So basically when people are um, up to speed on how Most bomb dog stuff works. It's usually with mouths or German Shepherds and it's on leash because they're dual-purpose dogs. So they're um, You know bite dogs they're track dogs plus their bomb dogs Well, due to the terrain and stuff that we were uh, dealt with over there, we found that it would be very advantageous to have a dog that you could work 100 yards out, 150 yards out. That way, when the dog alerted on a a potential threat, that it wasn't 10 feet from you. So they sent me to school for six months to K2 Solutions in Southern Pines, North Carolina, to basically learn how to do field trials for uh, bird dogs. So I learned hand and arm signals and all that. And then we turned a duck dog into a bomb dog by imprinting them on ammonium nitrate, C4, deck cord, blasting caps, whatever the enemy's TTP was, which is their tactical procedures overseas. Yeah, so the,
0: the imprinting is something that Heath talks a lot about on the Journey podcast, yep. you know, that they deal with in the uh, police canine world, yes. imprinting for to smell out different narcotics and stuff yes. like that. And, you know, they're talking about imprinting the dogs, these bear dogs, especially now, you know, on it, starting to imprint them early on the scent and stuff like that. Have you seen a difference, or do you think, like, the imprinting could be used in the coonhound world?
1: What, what's your thoughts on that one? I think it already is. Uh, I mean, when you think about it, imprinting's just, it's showing a dog what you want it to run and then it's rewarding that dog for finding or getting what you run. So, it's imprinting is as simple as showing it a cage coon and then you know how we always do, leave the dog in the box, cut the coon, the raccoon, you know, 5 minutes and then pull the dog out and see if it can run it. You know what I mean? It all starts where by showing it face to face with a raccoon and then pulling it up a tree and letting it tree on it. That is the same, it, that's the same concept as imprinting a dog. I
0: gotcha. All right, well now that we have just a brief overview on your background, let's get into these rule changes. Um, PKC is an every other year rule change, I believe. Um, every other year you have a list of state directors or board members who are appointed to each state. Yes. The members of that state contact their state representative they let them know hey here's what i'd like to see done differently here's how i think we can better the sport here's the rules that i think will improve the the hunts week in and week out and those are submitted to the state representative and the state representative then turns them into pkc yes the state representatives are also responsible for the voting on these rules so we we've got some rules that come in that are just off the cuff they're outlandish we all know never is going to pass We've got some rules that are like, yes, those are going to pass right now, 100%. These are good. Then we got those rules that are kind of in the gray. They're in the middle. They're in the middle. Those are the hot topic ones. Those are the hot topics. They are causing controversy. People are losing their minds over them. So let's let's go through this list real quick that you've got pulled up here. You want to go through these first? Let's just read through some of them to give the listeners ideas of what our call-ins might have on their mind.
1: All righty, we're going to skip through some. Some are just basic uh, raising voices, vulgar language. I mean, we can all agree that those are pretty well um, common sense. We got one by Nikki Hale. Casts must stay together in all pro casts. I would propose that the use of tracking devices, who hot topic, be disallowed during all pro casts except during timeouts. Okay, now those are two different rules,
0: though, right? The tracking device was one rule. No, it's all one. Tracking device is one rule, and staying together as a cast is another rule? Yes. Or they're the no, same? It's all, they're it's,
1: combined. It's all written into one rule. Okay,
0: and that was submitted by Nikki Hale? Yes. Okay.
1: All right, then we have one submitted by Stephen Smith. Non-hunting judges are prohibited from carrying or looking through heat-seeking units, thermals. Next one, Jeff Nelson. Says he wants to propose that the age 60 be all the senior hunt eligible for all events. Chris Freiberger, pups hunting in Pup Cast or Pup Derby must have less than 4,000 lifetime earnings. Chris Freiberger, raise entry fees in open events by $5 and put the payouts towards the hunter. Joey Cravers, the cast will remain together at all times. Stephen Smith, cast must stay together in all Pro Classic with an entry fee of 1000 or more. So you can already see that there's multiple proposals to keep the cast together. It's just the outlining uh, stipulations of it
0: kind of vary. Right, and I think that's where I got confused there just a minute ago because I knew I'd seen a rule by itself where it was – you know, all cast must stay together. So that's where I got jacked up.
1: No problem. Now, I'm not sure, Bryce, there is a, there's one option, one handler recut that is huge. So we'll just go on ahead, and just for time purposes. If you want, we'll go on ahead and skip that one. Um, strike points. First, this is uh there's multiple different strike points uh, proposals. This one here is by Jeff Nelson first 30 seconds after turning loose is grace period you do not have to strike the dog in the next 30 seconds dog must be struck on or before the third bark or it will be minus. any dog that is struck before the minute will be struck for 50 and all dogs thereafter be struck for 25 if no dogs are struck in before the minute 175 50 25 strike points are available The next one, and here is the hot topic. I would say this one right here is probably drawing more interest and more controversy than any of them, and it's by Josh Watson. All dogs will begin by being struck in for 25. The dogs will then be awarded strike points by the order in which they are declared treed. For example, the first dog declared treed will receive 100 strike points second dog declared treed will receive 75 strike points and so on dogs will remain at 25 strike until they are declared treed or the fourth dog declared treed
0: yeah so that's one that you and i have had just very long conversations on and i want to see what our listeners and our (laughs) collins have to say about that first um We'll leave that one because whatever they don't
1: cover, you and I are going to come back and cover. Oh, we're going to cover that one good. So we'll, we'll keep going on with that one. Okay. Uh, next one, John Lively. First strike will be 50, everything else 25, no matter the time in which the dog strikes. So we can already see that there is a big emphasis on strike, um, and we will dive big into that whenever me and you get to our debating uh, Chad Bray, uh, no leash lock on 60 and 90 minute cast or make it where no leash lock. But if another dog is treed, handler can hold until the next turn loose. Um, let's see here. Next dogs returning to tree will be minus a hundred. First offense scratched on the second offense.
0: Okay. So we've got quite a bit of these rules seems like a lot of them right now are wanting to deal with the strike with the cast staying together.
1: Uh, yeah, there's a few more proposals in here for strike. Tony Smith, uh, he proposed change the leash lock rule to allow a maximum of 10 minutes of being leash locked. Then the dog must be recut. I don't mind that one. I'm just going to interject. I don't mind that at all.
0: I do think that's not a terrible idea
1: well we'll discuss that in a little bit
0: yeah and and guys just to interject here real quick the reason I brought Basham onto this podcast is because he and I are we're best buddies we have been for years but we are really good at debating with each other and I wouldn't you might not think we're good at debating but he and I have debates every day when we talk on the phone and I can see one side of the story and he can see another side of the story we can both play devil's advocate probably him better than me most days but at the end of it, we laugh and, you know, we're, we're cool things. But things, we don't always see eye to eye on some of these things. And these rules are It gets things. a little heated sometimes. It does. But it's because we're both passionate about it. <laughs> we both want to win. And, you know, these rules affect how we do it. You've got one way of playing the game. I've got another way of playing the game. Yep. So that, that's why I got Basham on here with us today, guys. Just a little little background information on that.
1: Uh, another one. And I I think this is one of those ones you were talking about. 100% I think it's going to pass. And that's the three-minute tree rule. Um, I don't see any reason. Uh, I think everybody's pretty much in favor of that one. Uh, Chris Freiberger also proposed um, tree points, 125, 75, 50, 25. Um, 30 seconds after the first dog is called tree, the second and third will close. All dogs called tree after one minute will receive 25. Um so yeah three minute tree that's basically what that one is i don't see any other one i think there's three or four that uh deal with 125 bumping that tree up and then there's another one from tracy thompson for all dogs handled so i would say there's there's so many that are um dual i mean here's another one by chad Burre, three minute tree
0: Okay, so we, we've got the general consensus of yeah. what we're wanting to do here. we want to shorten the tree time. We're wanting to adjust the strike in some way, shape, or form. We're going to
1: um, keep the cast together, and then we've got one more. Uh, there's actually two more. Change stationary rule, reduce from six to five minutes, which I'm kind of like everybody else, not to get into a debate right now, but I think whatever your tree time is, is what your stationary needs to be. I know that when we talk about moving it to three minutes, whoo. That's a short stationary, three-minute stationary, but uh, I'm a firm believer. I think that it should be whatever your tree time is. Uh, and then the last one, tree shine time reduced from 8 to 6. That's actually another hot topic. I was at the Rochineer Classic this weekend, and that is that, – I mean, there's, there's a lot of guys that aren't too happy with that one. All right, guys.
0: So there is the general consensus of, and just a quick rundown, breakdown of what we've got going on with these rules. We're going to hop in here to the calls now. Our, our first call here is going to be to Mr. Dan Hubbard out of New York. We're going to try to get him on the line. He said he's got some rules he wants to talk about, so Oof. let's see if he answers the phone.
2: The Houndsman XP Podcast is fueled by Joy Dog Food. Joy Dog Food has a rich tradition of supporting the Houndsmen of America. Founded in 1945, Joy is proud of its history and the relationship it has built with the American Houndsmen. And in 76 years, there's never been a recall. Made with 100% American-made, high-quality ingredients, Joy Dog Food has one of the highest calorie-dense formulas on the market.
0: Well, guys, this is the part of the podcast where I get to inform you that this did not work 100% as planned, but if you listen carefully, you can bear with us. The guys that phoned in on this process here, we, we just didn't get it dialed in quite right. I thought I had everything figured out where it needed to be, but apparently I didn't. It's all part of the learning process. Just a fair warning, appreciate them joining us here on the Deep and Lonely podcast for this. I just wanted to give you guys that heads up that... You know, we're working through this, we're going to figure it out, we're going to get this to where you guys can call in, and it sounds just right, but it's all part of the process here, so just uh, bear with us here and hope you enjoy. dun da, da dun Oh, and we're ringing, we're live. Oh, look out. First time? Hello? Hey, Dan. Hey, Dan, can you hear me? Yes. Oh, he's got me now. All right. How's it going, buddy? you' yeah, not too bad you are live on deep and lonely podcast you ready for this oh yeah all right buddy let me know what rule you think is a hotter topic right now as far as these pkc rule changes what do you want to talk about
3: I was I would honestly say the most common sense one is the Garmin rule okay, okay. I, can, I can tell you exactly why if you look at the early 90s in the early 2000s when the Garmin was even thought of, look how many people showed up to hunts. You had 75 to 80 guys who'd show up to a three hour hunt, when they ran three hour hunts. Since the Garmin, it was hard for a lot of these guys to go out and buy
0: a device to track their dogs, big money guys kinda took over, you know? Right. As far
3: as that went. And it just made the hunts easier for a lot of people because you know when your dog is treated. You know where your dog is at. And it just it spoils a lot of people on calling your dog for what your dog is doing. Okay?
0: So let me play Devil's advocate. What about some of these guys who are spending 10, 15, 20, 80,000 dollars on a dog? And they want to know where that dog is at, if he's anywhere near a road, if there's any chance of that dog getting in trouble? And they don't have their garment because it's in the truck. Okay, that's a good point. Now,
3: they shouldn't leave them in the truck. My whole thing is throughout the hunt, you know, ask the judge, you know, can I look at my garment see where my dog's at? That's it. If he's near a road, if he's near, you know. Other than that, keep it in your pocket, keep it in your, in your pouch, keep the vibrations off it, keep it, you know, don't even touch it. Just call your dog for what your dog is doing. You know, it shouldn't be in your hands or your eyes on the screen twenty, you know, for an hour while you're trying to figure out what's going on. You know, that's just my opinion.
0: Okay, now Dan, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're from New York, correct? Yes. Okay, so you're from New York. What what are the hunting conditions like up there? Just get paint me a picture. Do you guys have busy roads going on up there? You guys being able to cut and patch timbers, big timber. What what's your hunting style?
3: A little bit of both. Um, it's not a lot of big timber usually. A lot of, of cornfields. We got some cornfields up here. Um, it, the roads, yeah, they, they can be a problem, you know, if that's what you're asking. I, I mean, I get what you're saying 100%. But right. there, there's a whale around that, you know, just my opinion.
0: Yep, I do. Basham, what, what's your thoughts on this one?
1: Uh, my thoughts are a little different. Um, this is just kind of going back to what he originally said about um how back in the day there used to be 30 40 50 people show up to a hunt i don't think uh the Garmin's. in my opinion i don't think the Garmin's um affected the show up numbers to the hunts i think that has to do from there's a lot less hunters now Uh, i think that has to do with kids not getting involved they're playing more on their video games and their cell phones than they are being out in the woods i think it has to do more with uh you know one income in a house isn't as predominant as it used to be now it's hard you know you've got to have two incomes so time spent at home and time spent with family is a lot less than what it used to be and so a lot of times for extracurricular activities like coon hunting and then not only that but your big farmers are going away so finding land to hunt on is getting harder and harder and harder um i think it's just the new new age and the way life is now that has really affected the numbers. I don't think it has anything to do with Garmin's. Now my take on the Garmin's is, do I think that Garmin's are used in a negative manner in a hunt? We all know it is. I mean, I've hunted enough of these, so have you Bryce. It's like in PKC, when the six minute rule gets put on to you. If you can't hear your dog, what are you doing? You're, you're walking looking, towards the dog. You're looking down at your Garmin and you're walking. And I'm old enough, I ain't gonna say how old I am. I'm 29. <laughs> Got, we got the champ over here, and she'll, you know, she says, I've been 29 for quite a few years, but that's another story. Um, but uh, I remember back in the day when we didn't have garments, and man, you know, how many times we would walk to a house dog because somebody thought that was their dog in their treat. So I think, I, and I see what you're saying, bud, about. <laughs>
3: I don't get this. I don't sit, uh, sit at home and make this up. I'm 42. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm 43. So it goes back when I know the garbage weren't uh, a thing. And I saw the guys show up to these huts. And then and then they started dwindling away. And their excuse was the garbage. I mean, that's just what I was told.
1: I know. they uh... not quite. made just a few handfuls of it
2: But it got me thinking, like, you know what? It doesn't make sense why these guys
3: walked away. Like, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, but also you have to you have to think about this, bud, and that is typically when – and I'm not saying this to be negative Nancy, but typically when people lose and they can't compete, they're going to find something to blame it on. And it ain't going to be, oh, I can't go out there. It's the same thing right now. How many people do you know of want to blame something else besides the fact they don't want to get out there four, five, six, seven nights a week and train on their dog whether it's rain, sleet, or snow? I mean, you know, oh, it's too hot. Oh, it's too cold. I mean – we, I do it too. I mean, I've got excuses. Oh, I couldn't, I couldn't go hunting last night because this, that, or the other. Now, I'm not saying that's completely the case, but I'm saying Garmin hasn't, the Garmin hasn't affected the game so much that it would be a reason for somebody to quit.
3: I guess it's all told, man. we all know that guy who looks at that Garmin and screams, "Judge, hear my dog, you hear my dog!" And you can't hear his dog. He knows the dog's tree. <laughs> that's the guy. Yep. Who, who really ruin it for the other guys who are just trying to do it and it's becoming more
0: common it, it is and I it is, it. is and, and I had that happen last week you know we had um, I was judging a $2500 pro classic and we had two dogs treed in line with each other and you know one was just, they were directly in line with each other and one was just deeper and they were both calling the same dog treed they were they were hearing the one that was in front but the garmin was showing both of them treed and they were looking at it like well, it's treed it's tree. i'm like i can't go off the garmin you know i hear one dog so I, I do understand that side of the things um i think my personal opinion on it is that we do need to keep the garments though that's just my bryce matthews opinion um just due to the fact of how much money is being thrown around in these hunts how much money is being thrown around on these dogs i think personally it's a safety issue more than anything so that's my thought on it
3: if there were- here's for a safety issue i agree but as, as of now, you know, guys put, modifying deep 5 collars for tone broke dogs to get them off trees. tree. I mean, guys are looking at these garments knowing where their dog, what direction they're going to call their dog. If you just leave, keep the garment designed, keep them in your pocket. It shouldn't be in your hand. Unless you really need, unless you're worried, unless you got to look. And just like, hey, I just want to see them make sure my dog's safe. Put it back when your dog. You shouldn't be able to call your dog what makes a lot of
0: craziness. And, and it would bring people back. Yeah. And it gonna stop a lot of
3: and, and it would stop a lot of the fightingment because now you think about how many fights as a judge if you're judging the cash, you got a member going look at judge my dog's treated chunk that gun in your face
2: dude dog't
3: either treat or itself you know right that's just my opinion like i said
0: yeah but we and that's why we're on here you know this is This is because we've all got opinions, and we just want to give the hunters a voice and a platform to be heard on. So we're glad that you called. We're glad that you voiced your opinion, and, you know, we appreciate you taking time to sit down with us here on Hounds and XP and in the Deep and Lonely podcast and go through this with us, Dan. We sure appreciate it, buddy.
3: I'm just saying, yeah, you guys do a great job. I love how you guys keep up with everything going on. I I love your podcast,
0: so. Yeah, man. Well, we're glad to have you on. We appreciate it, and uh, hopefully all this got recorded. We haven't done this before, so. We might have to do a round two. I don't know. We'll play it by ear. That's what we do. We fly by the seat of our pants here. <laughs> but all right, buddy. Well, I appreciate it. You stay safe out there. All right.
3: Absolutely. You guys doing the same. Thank you.
0: All right. Thanks, Dan. Bye. See ya.
1: All right. First caller in the books. First one in the books. I hope it recorded. I hope so too. We're gonna find out. Hey, this game. you're you're the tech savvy guy here. I don't know. I'm just here for my looks, right? Oh goodness gracious! <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs>
0: Even the champs over there sighing and shaking her head. Uh, oh gosh, guys, Basham here. He broke out his daughter. She's coming hunting us tonight. She is the champ. A few years ago, she broke out a dog, went over to Missouri, won the Missouri State Youth Championship,
1: and then she quit hunting on us. No, no, that wasn't the one. She went up to the EKC youth hunt, that big youth hunt they had up there at Beller's uh, Silo and she was top female handler and second place overall and then she quit. Oh, I was one hunt behind.
0: Yes, <laughs> you yeah, were. But she's coming back out of retirement
1: tonight at yeah.
0: the big old age of, how old are you, Jocelyn, now? 12. She's 12. She's coming out of retirement. Um, so
1: Newsflash, I think she came out of retirement because she thought you had your side-by-side. <laughs> <laughs> FYI. <laughs>
0: oh i hate to tell her we don't have it tonight all right well we've got another caller here that wants us to give him a call we're gonna call mr let's see here if i can get my thing to work oh gosh mr wid robbins he told me to give him a call he's got something he wants to talk about and if i can get my there it goes maybe hold tight dun da, da, da. cue the elevator music here we go we are calling Mr. Wid Robbins
1: and we're ringing and we have action hello
0: hey buddy this is Bryce with the Deep and Lonely Podcast how you doing Oh, not too bad, man. You are live and on air with Stephen Basham and I. So, we're talking rule changes, rule proposals, all that kind of stuff. Let's hear your thought on the rules you uh, you feel strongly about. Well,
4: to be honest, I, I could care less about any of them besides the one that Nikki Hale proposed about the garments. Oh. And staying, and staying together in the cast and the one. I agree with that too. Uh, which I know pro sports been doing for a while, but... Uh, The Garmin one's probably the biggest one that sticks out to me. Um, And I know a lot of guys are going to be against it for the safety of their dogs and stuff. But, uh, you know, I know everybody runs into it. I mean, Steven, he's at a hunt every weekend. He knows what I'm talking about. Uh, You got dogs scattered out, and one ball's out of pocket, and he's 1.4 tree, And uh, a guy's looking at his Garmin, trying to get the judge to hear his dog and Nobody can hear it, you know. it causes a lot of arguments, puts a lot of honest judges in bad situations, in my opinion. Because um, you might be walking to score a dog, and you got a handler trying to stop the judge three, four, five times going to score this dog toward the end of a hunt. And uh, I just think it would take a lot of that controversy out and take a lot of the stress off the judges, in my opinion.
0: Basham, what's your thoughts? We we we, we just we literally just talked about this with our last call in. And- Dan Hubbard, that was his one rule that he wanted to talk about, was the same exact one with the the Garmin. So let, let's let hear it, Basham. I mean, Man, this bro, is two
1: people back-to-back back with the same opinion. I was just going to say, maybe we were wrong about what was hot and what wasn't.
0: Yeah, I thought that the hot topic was going to be the strike, and yeah. here
1: we are right off the cuff. People want to talk about garments. So. I know it. Um, no, I'm with weird a lot on that, um, on the way he presented it. Uh, I think when you talk about r- rule proposals, a lot of it is – also how you present it um he is correct i mean you go to a hunt and it's every single cast you've got somebody hey you hear me you hear me you hear me look right here you hear me you hear me so i mean i see where he's coming from uh, do i think that it's going to pass no i do not i think that uh there's too many uh people that uh i wouldn't say rely on it um Use it to their advantage, uh, in my opinion. If you're not using it to your advantage, you're at a disadvantage, uh, just because everybody else is. So, um, I see and hear what he's saying, and I agree with him to a certain extent. I just don't think, in my personal opinion, Stephen Batchelor's personal opinion, I don't think that's one that's going to get passed. All
0: right. So, so like I said.
1: All right. So, like I said, we've got two. Two
0: callers back-to-back back, talking about the Garmin's. We've talked about how – now, we had my, my thought was on this, and I'll just go ahead and repeat it to you since, you know, we talked to Dan. My thought was, like, the money that's being thrown around on this in, in the hunts and the money that's being spent on dogs, I see the Garmin more as a safety issue more than anything. Um,
4: and, I, and I completely understand that. But from my point of view, and I, I understand Nicky's point of view, you know, and Steven's point of view, I mean, I know Steven's hunting every single time, And when you're getting a dog ready for a hunt – you know, you're out there hunting that dog. And I mean, I learned the old way. And I, I know Nicky learned the old way. He's been hunting for years. I didn't have a bomb until I was 16 years old on the quick track. And so I had to sit out there and listen to what that dog was doing.
3: And if that dog was getting out on
4: roads or going to houses, you know, that's something you broke them from. You know what I mean? Um, Just the money, like you, you're talking about the money for the entries and stuff, the money for the dogs. I, I completely understand that, too, but in another sense, if you're paying a $6,500 entry, you don't want that guy turning his dial 1.4 off a gun and putting an honest judge or a judge in a $6,500 entry, period, in that position. I I just don't feel that way. But, I mean, I understand the safety sense, and I understand that's always going to be what it's brought back to in the end. I,
1: it. I see. I see what you're saying there. Um I think when it boils down to it, you're gonna look at um, the people spending the money on these dogs and the people spending the money on yeah, they're gonna have the last so they're these, going to last on these money to
4: pay a sixty five hundred dollar entry. I mean I I'm just no poor boy here, thirty minutes out of Dickie. Um, I just have to hunt what I got, but I mean I feel like if you're out there turning up every night and you have your dog prepared the way it should be, that it's not gonna be out running the road. That's just the way I feel about it.
1: No, and, and I think most most hunters are going to feel the exact same way you do. But then the caveat to that is these judges need to be stronger. Yeah, and I, and they need to be stronger. Uh, you know, you need to have a judge that's going to say, no, I don't hear you. No, I don't hear you. And not be able to be persuaded that he – and that's where it all boils down to. Yeah,
4: I agree 150%. And, you know, it, and it's hard – and that's just like the bad thing. I mean, that, that goes all, all the way back to the judge. And I, I understand you can't physically say whether that dog's running a cone or not. I mean, we can't smell what they're smelling. But when you turn a dog loose and it's barking from the time you cut it loose until you get it off the tree with a cone, I mean, common sense is common sense. That dog didn't run a cone from your feet, point nine and it. you know what I mean? in, in a cornfield. I mean, a cone's not running nine tenths of a mile big majority of the time, but I mean, you can't prove it, and just like you can't prove guys are trained dogs off guns either, I mean, it's just one of those things that's going to be there until the end, but I don't know, maybe maybe they'll get the strike deal passed if that's something they think's going to work, I don't know, I, I just think if you pack a good enough dog that hustles and, and doesn't have any downtime that he'll make up on his end for the strike deal, that's just the way I feel about it.
1: I see where you're coming from there. Uh, I think me and Bryce are going to save the whole strike thing for the last because that's one of the things that me and him have a hot debate on. So, uh, I think we're going to wait to discuss that one towards the end of this podcast.
4: Well, I'm glad y'all called me. I mean, I know you probably couldn't get old Big Nikki on here, but uh, hopefully I had the same ideas about it as he did. I couldn't get a hold of him to talk to him about it. But that's just how I felt on the subject. And – you know, I don't think it'll get passed either because I understand the big majority is going to feel that it's unsafe in the end. I mean, there's
0: a lot more vehicles going down the roads
4: now, a lot less hunting. Um, I understand, but that's just how I feel about it, you know. Yeah, buddy. thousand dollars in a dog either, so I, I can feel a little bit different than that.
0: I understand. I'm the same way. I've, I've never spent that kind of money on a dog, and I don't plan on it anytime. So I understand where them feelings can can be different but this is why we wanted to call people and get them on here you know give you guys a chance to voice your opinion and you know if it wasn't for this platform people wouldn't hear my opinion very much either um you know i'm i like to go out there and run the hunts i mean i like i like to think that i can compete and the dogs that i'm packing can compete but i don't have the lifetime earnings to back it up so who's to say that my opinion really matters when it comes to these rule proposals you know what i mean
4: That's Exactly. Yeah.
0: so i love appreciate
4: y'all calling me though uh, I really
0: do. Yeah, buddy, absolutely. Um, Like I said, I mean, I hope this thing recorded. We haven't done this before. I hope this all got taken down. We're gonna find out one way or the other.
4: If it didn't, maybe, maybe just the right person heard it. Uh,
0: I hope. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. So.
4: I feel like, but I feel like it just puts the judges in a really,
0: really hard position. You know. I agree. The judges, the judges aren't getting paid enough.
4: Period. I mean, you can't. Well, they pay them one hundred, two hundred dollars to judge a final case.
0: Three. Well, I know. I, I judged a $2,500 Pro Classic the other night, and it, it paid $300 a night to judge. $300 for
4: you to walk. How far do you walk? Six, seven miles, probably. I mean, you
0: know how dogs are, man. Oh, I understand. I understand. We we got lucky this year, and we they didn't hunt late round. They split both nights. But last year, between four casts, I walked 32 miles at the same hunt.
4: and and i mean even like pkc you have the leash lock so you're not walking hardly as much but i mean in pro sport the cast has to stay together and there is no leash lock so that just makes even more stress and more walking you're putting on the judge and on top of all the stress of a guy trying to get your attention while you're going to score a dog to treat his dog in you know I, i just don't think that they're doing the judges right, and that's just my opinion, you know? Yeah. I like money. I like winning when I go. You know, I pay my own entries and work hard for the money I do have and prepare, but I just don't take my $100 out of my winnings to give to that judge. I mean, that's $400 out of a Final Four that you could give to those judges, and that's just the way I feel about it. Because they put up with a lot, and it's hard to find good judges.
0: It is. I mean, judges are hard to find. So, all right, Witt. Well, buddy, we appreciate you chatting with us tonight. Um, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, if we've got anything else like this, again, I'd, I'd like to hear your opinion on it because I kind of like the way you think on some of these things. Well, I
4: appreciate y'all having me on there. Uh, good talking to you, Bryce. I never met you and I don't know you, but it's good talking to you. I
0: know Steve a little bit. Uh, but it was good talking with y'all and I'm glad
4: y'all
1: called. Yeah, buddy, absolutely. Thanks for calling, bud. Two down. Number two in the books. How and many they- more we got?
4: Well, we've
0: got one more for sure that wants to talk. And I'm pretty sure he's going to bring up this strike rule we've been talking about. Oh, so boy. this might be a good segue.
1: Yeah, it might be.
2: The Houndsman XP Podcast Network is powered by Cajun Lights. All of your lighting needs for hunting can be taken care of at Cajun Lights. They have three models of cap lights. I'm going to run through them real quick. You've got the Rogaroo which is their high-end light. If you're a competition hunter and you got to find that coon up in a tree and it's all riding on finding that coon, you'll want the rogueroo on your head. Next is the Bayou. That's a pretty standard light, but it's got packed with features. It's got multiple colors. It's got walking lights. It's got the red, the green, the amber. It's all built in right into that light. And then you have one of my personal favorites, the Micro Gator. The Micro Gator is an ultra-lightweight Cap light. It's got all the features of a white light, red, green, and amber. I've used this light for everything from finding bear tracks early in the morning, to coon hunting at night, to working on plumbing in the house, changing tires on the side of the road. My truck doesn't leave the driveway without a Cajun light in it, and that light is the Micro Gator. Every Cajun light is durable, made from the highest quality components, and it is backed by Cajuns. Operated customer service check out Cajun lights you can go to our website at houndsmanxp.com go to our sponsors page hit that link it'll take you right to Cajun lights check them out they got a lot of stuff to offer over at Cajun lights
0: we got Mr. Chris Bowling messaged oh, in Chris and said he wants to have a little chit chat little knockout so we're gonna call we're just gonna move right into it here we're gonna call Chris Bowling Man, I can't say enough. I'm nervous. I hope this stuff is recording. We did a little test and it worked, but I don't like doing stuff new. Man, I'm
1: telling you. It don't bother me. I mean, until it don't record.
0: I would just do it all over
1: again. I mean, it's all natural anyways, right? That's right. Okay, here we
0: go. Chris <laughs> Bowen in three.
1: Two. Two. One. That was a terrible sound effect. That was horrible. You need to fire your uh, sound effect guy. Hello. Oh, he's on.
0: We got him. We got Chris Bolin live on the Houndsman XP Deep and Lonely Podcast. How you doing, Chris? This is Bryce. Hey, Bryce. I'm doing good, man. How about you? Hey, man. I can't complain. Sitting here with Basham discussing some rule changes.
4: Uh, that. What do
0: you What do you got on your mind? What do you want to bring up and talk about?
4: Hi, right, buddy.
1: The only, the only rule I see, man. The, I mean, the biggest change with the bank is the
4: strap here we go. Girl, I know I got a silent dog. Hell my dog goes now, he's can to with nothing else no ways, but it, it, it's bullshit anyway look at it, where you got a parker or, or, or a
0: south dog. What what do you want to see done differently?
4: I like Watson's uh, proposal there, but uh, the drawback I've seen from me is everybody says, well, that's gonna be so complicated, you know? And in my opinion, I think we should all just strike the twenty-five and then in the cast, every free the most cones. In the winter, you know, I I suppose you know if you can take enough minus and the strike's still relevant because you can take strike minus uh, coming back into the gas or whatever the time
0: So you're saying, you're saying basically everybody strikes for a quarter and then, and then you're only scoring three points from there on out.
4: Yeah, you, well, maybe, you know, you, you tripped down, you got your 25 strike, you got your 100 plus, you know, for your three. Right. But now here's the issue with that. Is everybody tells me, you know, I'm not mentioning this, so I'm Oh, uh, man, there'd be so many ties, there'd be so many ties, well, we couldn't ever do that. Well, here's the thing, boss. Me and you and Basham's out here in the cast tonight, right? We cut our dogs loose. I mean, well, if we all treat one coon in, in, in 60 minutes, who do you think deserves win? The dog would treat the coon the quickest or the dog that barked the quickest? I mean,
1: don't you agree that the dog that does it the fastest should be the winner? I definitely see it that way. <laughs> And that is going to go right into, uh, we won't get too much into me and Bryce, but that goes right into uh, me and Bryce's debate a little bit.
0: It, it does a little bit, and I agree because um, it wasn't PKC, but it was the uh, AKC Ladies World Hunt. You know, we, the two dogs treed the same amount of coons. They both treed two coons in the allotted amount of time, but the dog that actually treed the two first ended up getting, he ended up losing because the strike reopened on the second dog. You know, he treated his second coon 15 minutes before the other dog did, and the other dog won because the strike reopened.
4: Yeah, well, and I can give you one better than this, man. I've in a cast one night, four single coons, took no bites. This guy here, this belt guy, one well, of my buddies, he beats me with three single coons, no bites. I mean, how can that even be right, you know what I'm saying? can you treat four teams, take no house and and adopt 3 three teams at base. I mean, that's just what I'm saying is we got we got mess a messed up set of rules. But to this 25 strike that I'm that I'm saying, you know, everybody's got you feet. Your problem with a tiebreaker, it's simple. I mean, it, instead of instead of moving everybody's strike up when you get to the tree, well, when we first start cars, they can have a they can have a little column right there at the tree, one, two, three, four by each style, and as you go to the trees. First tree you go to that's got a tune in it. Circle at one. Second tree you go through the you circle at two, you get to the end of the night and we all treat the same amount of tunes. One holds the high one the first off tree holds the tiebreaker over two, three, four. If two is uh if one's not in the equation, so he doesn't trade two, two holds the tiebreaker over three, three holds it over four, you know what I'm
1: saying? I'm gonna tell you this, Chris. I was at the Rochine Classic this weekend, and you are not the first one I heard from that. Um, we sat around the coon club for quite a while and there was a lot of big name guys in the, in the coon hunting world that was, um, exactly echoing exactly what you just said.
4: Oh yeah, well, uh, I've been trying, I, 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 I've come in on a couple of there, man, just trying to, just trying to change some guys' minds, but there's some people you can can change your mind. One guy might to come in, he said, oh, we're going to do that. If you do that, you're, you're putting the honest strike dog at a disadvantage. I was like, man, what the hell is going on right now? Right now the owner strike balance striking for twenty five or fifty on
0: almost every cast, you know? I mean they're in a disadvantage what we're doing now. On strike balance got a level playing field if we outstrap for twenty five. All right. There's his opinion on it. Basham, you That's a good segue. You've heard it. I've got uh, I have an opinion as well. I'm not saying that I totally disagree with it, Chris. Um I do have a a slight Difference on it, um, but it's not a hundred percent different. So, on uh, well,
4: this here, what, what do you think? I mean, just keep the
0: status quo, or do you think no? My my real quick opinion here, while we got you on the phone, and then we're gonna we're gonna go off air, we're, we'll still keep recording, but we're bash are not gonna talk back and forth here on this. We're gonna debate this one for a minute, but my quick opinion while I got you on the phone here is that you should not marry the strike and the tree points. If you're gonna do it the way that the rule is proposed, I believe that. If a dog, say the dog leaves the tree, he should take minus both ways.
1: Here's my one thing on that. Right now, Bryce, real quick, and I'm not trying to debate you on this until we get hot and heavy into it, but right now, as the rules even state, you strike for 100, tree for 100, your dog leaves. Are you taking strike minus two? No, but they're not married together,
0: and this rule is going to marry them. Well,
4: they are. They're still married together because when you get that when you get to that tree,
1: (laughs) you're gonna want your plus when you when you when you tree a coon right now do you want your strike plus i do okay so they're married together as we speak
0: i I just don't feel like it's married that way but it's married in an order where dogs are you know struck for 175 50 it's not it's just a different marriage for me i don't know i just i have to think about it marriage or fourth zero for me (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> One more
4: thing, man. I mean, we can't we can't puss the dogs up on the tree unless we look up there and see a cane. But we're dogs up, and almost every cast is barking at something. We have no idea what they're barking at. We think it might be a cone sometimes, but
1: no. Chris, me and your thoughts on this are almost identical. And uh when you listen to this podcast, after we get off air with you and me and Bryce start debating um you will hear uh, my thoughts and uh, me and you see eye to eye bud <laughs>
4: like i said i'm not
0: i don't see i'm not a hundred percent the opposite way but i do think there's some slight differences i think there needs to be strike and treat strike points for strike points and tree points for tree points is just how i feel about it but so, all right, buddy. Well, I appreciate you calling here. Uh, hey, I
4: appreciate you guys calling, man. I'm, I'm glad to put my opinion out
0: there. Yes, sir. Hopefully, we got her recorded here. We haven't done this. I've probably said that four times now in this
1: podcast, but it's got me nervous, Rick. If this thing did record, Bryce, you're going to sound like a broken record, bud.
0: If it did record, I can go through and edit it out. That's the power of software. Oh,
2: darn
4: it.
0: <laughs> all right, Chris. i it any time during this
4: poor thing. I'll edit it out, too, so if you don't mind.
0: <laughs> all right, buddy. Well, we appreciate you calling. All
4: right, see you guys.
0: Thank you. See ya.
2: Boom.
1: And we are going to segue right into the debate.
2: Houndsman XP Podcast Network is sponsored by Onyx. The most comprehensive mapping system in the world is available by going to onxmaps.com and downloading their app. Several subscription offers there. Highly recommend you use an Onyx. And here's a true story for you. We've all got that spot where when we turn our hound loose at night, they're going to head that direction. Well, the other night, my hounds headed in a direction for that property that had recently sold. I had no idea who owned that property. I simply opened up my Onyx app, found the landowner information, cut the dogs off, and the next day I went to their house. And not only did I get permission to hunt there, I think I made some new friends. They are beef farmers and they do not like raccoons running through the feed bunks leaving their mess behind yeah go to onyxmaps.com and download the app today at checkout make sure you use the promo code hxp20 and get 20% off when you join us on patreon you will get a discount code for a deeper discount on onyx maps know where you stand with onyx
1: all right. So, how do you want to do this? You uh, want you want to read a proposal, or you just want to go into the ones we already know? Read the proposal for the strike. Let's just knock that out. All right. You you sure you don't want to save that one for last? Because I feel like the strike. Okay, we can save it for last. Is going to be the fine.
0: Uh, we can do it your way. No, whatever. I'm just asking. I forgot it's your podcast. That's mine. Got it. Do whatever you want to do.
1: Hey, you're the hype man. I will take control of this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, let's go. Hold on one second. I got a dog barking.
1: All right, we're back. All right. So uh, let's go with this one. Non-hunting judges are prohibited from carrying and looking through heat-seeking units such as thermals.
0: Oh, I, I got an opinion on this one. Shoot. All right, here it goes. I disagree. I think a non-hunting judge should be able to carry a thermal, and I'll tell you why. I'm getting excited over here. Okay, I'll tell you why. Because how many hunts have you been in during a, a a slight drizzle, a rain, where somebody's like, Judge, Judge, I got my coon. He's right here. And you look up there, and in your heart, you know that ain't a coon eye. It's a water droplet, a spider eye. Somebody trying to, you know, play the game. Now I get It doesn't happen all the time. The other part of this is I like to think that if I'm out, you know, I'm scoring this tree. I'm going to use a thermal on every tree. And I I do this whenever I judge. I use a thermal on everybody's tree if I'm a non-hunting judge. I want to see if they're trying to pull some shenanigans or if I see that coon. Now, and I do, full disclaimer, I understand that thermal doesn't pick up every coon that's in the tree. I understand that. But 90% of the time, you can see what you're looking at. You know if that coon is there. You know if they're trying to play some games. With the money that is on the line, and I believe if you want to hire good judges and you want to have your judges judge as fairly and as accurately as they can, we have a tool in the tool belt. You got your garment in your hand. You got your light on your head. You got your collar on your dog. They're all part of the tools. The thermal is just the newest piece of equipment in the toolbox. Are you going to go back to swinging a hammer and nails every time you frame a house? Or are you going to use the electric air gun? They got the battery-powered air guns now. That's how I feel about it. The tool is there. Let's
1: use them. Go ahead. I disagree. Strongly. So You're, you're wrong. Okay. I'm glad you uh, think so in your small-minded opinion. But uh, anyways. <laughs> 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 and it starts. Uh my problem is going to be keeping this clean because you know uh that's hard for me so i'm going to try my best um i totally disagree uh you talk about garments being a tool in our toolbox are the judges using that as a tool in their toolbox i do
0: i use my Garmin. i am checking whenever somebody strikes and tr- or trees their dog and if i have to walk I am using that Garmin as a pinpoint. Okay, I hear this dog in this location. I did this in the last hunt that I just judged the $2,500. When those dogs got split treed, I pinpointed those dogs, and I showed each competitor on my Garmin where I had their dog marked. Mm-hmm. They were like, okay, that's fine. That way I know because you, you've been in situations where you'll walk to the left of a ridge or you'll walk to the right of a ridge, and the sound bounces around.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You've been in those. We all have yep.
1: been in those situations. The Garmin keeps you accurate. To a certain it's your, extent. It's your, it's your modern day compass. To a certain extent, it's a compass, but you still don't have the dog on your Garmin. So I will go a little bit more in detail uh, with the actual rule proposal in the thermal. I completely agree with the judges n- not being able to look through it. And for this reason, it's a lot more, it's a lot easier to try to convince Somebody that they see something when they're looking through a thermal and there's heat up there. And I'll give you an example. If I look through my thermal, right, and I look up there and I see heat. And then there's a little bitty window and it's gray. Just the slightest bit of gray. I can't really make out what it is, but it looks like fur, right? Is it a possum? Is it a cone? I mean, what is it? My problem with the thermal is it gives you more of a chance to just say, hey, I see something. Now, I'm going to caveat right back to the Garmin rule, and that is, I mean, I think the number one overall way to beat all of this is to have strong judges. I think if you have strong judges, it it does away with half of the problems that we have. So I can see it your way, but, uh, but based on where we're at today, I would say that the thermals don't need to be used by the judges because you can't score it by a thermal. You can't, I can't. If you're going to, if you're going to judge it, if you personally, a non-hunting judge are, is going to judge it properly, I feel like my personal opinion is that don't give yourself the opportunity to try to be persuaded. You see what you see. You don't see what you see. We're all humans. We all make mistakes. Just try to do the best of your ability and call it m- morally what you think it is. I, I understand that. And I, so I'm going to go two ways on this one.
0: Um, I'm going to tell you just one thing that how I feel about this. And then we're going to, this will lead right into the next rule change I want to talk about. Okay. Is that so, number one, you know, you need strong judges. A strong judge should have the willpower to not be persuaded you i'll agree with you so this last weekend i found the coon in the thermal i could see it in the thermal it wouldn't look i sat there looking for that coon eye for three and a half three minutes and 45 seconds once that coon looked i plused his coon mm-hmm. we both knew it was there heck the other competitors in the cast knew it was there but it wouldn't look mm-hmm. and i understand we couldn't see fur you can we were looking for a coon eye So that's where I feel about that is if you're going to go on strong judges, you've got to be strong no matter the circumstance. I'll agree with you. My other thing on this one is, and this is going to go into our next rule proposal if you want to bring the rule up. um, It's going to go talking about the shine time. So if we, the the next rule proposal, I believe, talks about um, bringing the shine time from eight minutes to six minutes. Yes, that is correct. So if we are going to bring the shine time down, I believe you also need that tool to be able to judge faster. The the pace of the sport is moving. And here's the other part of that is that a judge's attention, no matter how it should be, is not always 100% focused on that tree when you're scoring it. I
1: agree.
0: Because you can be scoring a tree, have the shine time running, and then you've got two other handlers like, judge, judge, come over here. My dog's tree. Can you hear my dog? And you're trying to listen for their dog. You're trying to be where the handler who you're scoring his tree is because – If you're out in the cornfield looking at a tree, there's 20 seconds left, and he's in the woods, and he finds a coon. You've got to get out of that cornfield and into that woods.
1: I don't think a thermal helps you out there. And uh, jumping to that exact uh, rule proposal, I don't agree with it. Uh, I think eight minutes especially, you know, you're talking, and I ain't even talking about, you know, up north where you're on field edges and stuff like that. I'm talking about more so like, in the mountains, West Virginia, Kentucky, Tennessee, in the big woods where there is no way to get on the outside and the foliage is completely full. It, how many times have you found a coon in the last minute of an eight minute shine time? A bunch. A bunch. So that's one rule proposal that, me personally, as being a competition hunter, uh, small time, even if I am, I, I would like to see that one not pass just because I think. You know, in certain circumstances, you need the full eight minutes.
0: I, I agree. Um, I do wish – it's not a rule proposal, and I don't even know how to combat it with a good solution, but I, I do wish there was a way that the judge could focus solely on the tree at hand rather than trying to get pulled away because, gosh, think, that gets sticky.
1: I think that just comes with just being a strong judge. And no offense to you no, at good. all. I think uh, – I know when I'm judging. Uh, when I'm at that tree, I'm at that tree. Um. If I hear them, that's good and all, but I'm not going to the opposite side of the tree just to try to hear somebody else's dog. Right. I understand that. This man is trying to score his tree. If I just so happen, I'm standing out in a cornfield and he comes up to me and says, Hey, judge, you hear me right there? Oh yes, I got you. Hey, tree me. And then I'll tree you in. Right. But other than that, my main focus is on that tree. Um, for the most part, I think it just comes, well, and I think we're going to sound like a broken record here. I, I think a lot of these problems just go away with strong judging, and it's kind of hard because some of your your best guys, the guys that know the rule of the best are the handlers. They're the ones they are hunting. They're the ones hunting. You get no fame, no glory, no recognition. And
0: you get all of the criticism. When you're a judge. If you make a bad call, you are the talk of the town. Yep. For a long time. Here's the way I look at it. If you make a good call, you might be lucky to get a thank you at the end of the night.
1: You just – and it's kind of like I said a few minutes ago. When you're judging, you just have to do what you think is right to the best of your ability. I'd rather go with a guy that made an honest mistake. Hey, he he messed up. He's a human. You know, we have umpires calling ball strikes and strike balls and uh, pass interference. And, I mean, it's just an element of any competition – sport that we're a part of right and so i think that if you go out there as a strong judge and you just try to do the best of your ability and be honest and stand by your values and try to stand by the rules i think you haven't if people want to talk let them talk
0: right i agree um so we've covered strive we haven't quite covered strike yet not yet we're going to say that so one we've for covered last. tree time we've covered thermals Let's we've talked about Garmin's
1: three minute tree Three-minute
0: tree, yeah, let's go to that one.
1: I'm in. I'm in. Sign me up. (laughs) I think that's case closed. That's what all of them went to. But I've got a proposal. Uh Uh-oh.
0: Look out. Hot take. My proposal, three-minute tree, but keep the PKC countdown time.
1: Oh, 100%.
0: I want a three-minute tree. After 30 seconds, you lose 75. After a minute, you lose 50. Definitely. I do not like, and I'm going to say it right here on the PKC, or not the PKC, the Houndsman XP podcast, Deep and Lonely. I do not like the UKC's rule of two minutes. Two minutes, a dog can still get seventy-five strike points because strike. we're striking in now. Sorry, tree points—you got me all jacked up <laughs> on striking tree. After two minutes, a dog can still get seventy-five tree points, and that has cost me several casts. And I, I just—I feel very strongly about that one. I, I'm not a. I'm not into covering dogs. I don't like backpackers. I understand one out of the truck. I understand running the same track. But when a dog breaks their neck and they've got two minutes to cover me, a dog moving ten mile an hour through the woods can cover a lot of ground in two minutes,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and they're gonna beat you. Yep. So yeah, that's my caveat. That's my rule change on that one. I like the three minute tree. Let's roll with it. Let's get that passed. I think that'll pass. Yep. Um, I think it will too. The sport's moving a fast enough pace. I think that'll go ahead and pass. So
1: I got another controversial one for you. Oh boy. The cast will remain together at all times. Keep it. You don't think they should?
0: No, I'm saying they should. Like, yes, yep. I like
1: the rule. Pass yep. it. Yep. I think uh, for me personally, man, this is a hot topic. I understand the old-timers' point of view of, uh, and the people down south talking about it being hot, but, um, I mean, just this, once again, is everybody's got their own personal opinion, and this is my personal opinion. Um, I can't remember the last time that I've had a handler go to their dog and their dog shut up. I can't remember. it. So basically what I'm trying to get at with that is to me, that throws out every argument that anybody has that, Oh, down in the South, it's so hot that if you leave your dog treed for a certain amount of time that it's going to overheat. Well, I mean, the dogs are going to bark whether you're there or not. Um, I get where they're coming from. Um, The old timers talking about having to walk to all the trees. Um, I get it. I just think, and here we go again, talking about the judges. I think that keeping the cast together at all times alleviates a lot of problems and a lot of pressure on the judge.
0: And I can concur with that. I do not like sending a handler by themselves to, to a tree, to their dog. If I've got an extra
1: person on the cast, I'll send them when I'm a judge. Just to keep them honest. Even when it comes, we're not even talking about someone cheating. You got a do- you're standing here and you got to walk a mile to one dog treat. And you got another dog, 900.7, whatever have you, the opposite direction, All right? So by the time you get that one at a mile, after you get him scored, you're coming back. Let's say for that one instance, that handler did get that dog to be quiet. Now what are you doing? You got to
0: find them. You're finding them. And that can be a pain. Yes. I've had guys shut their dogs up intentionally just trying to
1: burn shine or trying to burn up hunt time, you know. And like I said, there's many tricks to the trade, but I'm just saying that I think that you alleviate a lot of potential problems and i I just think that there's a lot of a lot of less chaos that can happen when everybody stays together
0: I do too and and one other thing I'm gonna throw in here that I don't know that people talk about or think about much, but I saw it happen one time, which is the only reason I think about it, is we did have an older gentleman on a cast one night, and it was summer, and he overheated and went down like he was not in a good spot, he was very dehydrated, disoriented, didn't know where he was. Like We had to get him out of the woods.
1: If he would have been by himself. What would have happened? Walking to his dog. What would have happened? And, and that, that comes into the whole staying together. Um, just kind of caveating off of that. <laughs> I was in a uh, late round of a pro classic, and uh, we sent a guy to handle his dog. Um, <clears throat> there was only – when we got to the fourth guy, Treed, he withdrawed. Because he couldn't win. So it left two of us and the guy that we sent to his tree. The hunts over, me and the other gentleman tree in. Lo and behold, we can't find the third guy. We spend 40 minutes looking for this guy. His dog ain't barking no more. I mean, we can't find him. I mean, we even had to result in calling Shane and like, hey, what do we do here? Like, there's only two of us. Like, there's nobody else in the woods. It's 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning. I can't find this guy. And basically, what it ended up happening was he finally came out in the field, and his dog didn't stay. He kept on going, but we couldn't find him. We tried calling him. Well, his phone was in the truck. So here you are, 4 o'clock in the morning, needing to score two trees to figure out who won, and there's only two of us standing there. That would have been eliminated had everybody had to stay together.
0: Right. I agree. So I see a lot of, um, I see more pros than I see cons with this rule. I think it'll pass. Um, I think pro sports been doing it long enough now that.
1: I disagree with you.
0: You think it'll, you don't think it'll pass?
1: I do not think it'll pass. Okay.
0: I think it'll pass, but
1: here's why. Okay. How long ago? How long ago? It's kind of like the leash, the leash lock, right? It passed. And then it got reversed. And then it got reversed. Yeah. I still think that was a dumb move. So I, <laughs> here we go. This is not so hot take, but I think that, uh, when it comes to rule proposals, there are, uh, certain avenues and certain people that will, um, do what they want. Um, in professional kennel club, we all know who I'm talking about and they will, uh, whatever they see fit. That's what they're going to do. So. Okay. Let's,
0: I mean, this is really good. Let's go to the next one. Leash lock. Leashlock. Let's go to the ten minute leash stock proposal.
1: Um I don't like it. Okay. God, this is good. I mean I don't like it. I do. I tell you why I don't like it. Tell me. Um, you just had more times. You got one minute after you turn loose. You've got two minutes. Dog has to tree on a tree. Or, you know, Bart every two minutes. You got your three Hopefully, three-minute shine time. You got your one minute after the tree. Like We're just adding more and more times. Like, What's the point in having a 10-minute leash lock? You
0: can't tree coon sitting on a leash. No, no, no. Why have any? I'm into that. So I agree 100% no leash lock. I'm there, but we already tried it once. It it didn't work. It didn't work.
1: I don't see a 10-minute. I mean, what are you benefiting by going from no leash lock to a 10-minute?
0: I think that it's... I think you're you're playing with feelings more than anything. Here's I my think thing. You're, I think you're trying to compromise.
1: If you disagree with the leash lock rule, meaning there should be no leash lock, if you disagree with that, why would a 10-minute leash lock rule be okay?
0: I get it. I mean, I, I understand that, and I'm under the same belief. I do not like leash lock. You cannot tree coons on the end of a leash. I don't like it. I didn't pay my entry fee to walk my dog around the woods. If I wanted to do that, I'd go to a park on a Sunday afternoon.
1: Amen. Preach.
0: But we tried it. They People got what they wanted. Then they complained about walking too much. So it got reverted
1: back. You know what? This podcast is not going very well. We're agreeing way too much.
0: No, we, we have several disagreements <laughs> here. We haven't even even hit the hot topic yet.
1: (laughs) I don't don't think we're going to disagree as much as you think, though.
0: I don't know. The more I think about it, the more I think. I don't know. Uh, I just uh, think it needs to be worded different. Okay, so leash lock. I mean, the 10-minute deal. I think it's better than a full leash lock. I'll go that way. Yeah. I'll try to meet in the middle. I can't. What's that one song? You start walking your way, I'll start walking mine. We (laughs) meet in the middle. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> uh, now, I'll tell you what though I'll tell you what Steven Smith's got a rule proposal here That ain't too bad This would, I think, would meet in the middle On on the cast staying together And that is Cast must stay together in all pro classics With an entry fee of a thousand or more
0: Okay Tell me, tell to, me more
1: uh, To me, that's trying to meet in the middle you know what I mean? So, you got a lot of guys who um, talk about the small-time hunter. You you get where I'm going with this. Yep. Um, That's me. The, I am the small-time the hunter. The difference between the big entries and the small entries. I think if you do it like that, to me, it gives everybody a place to play. It's kind of like, you know, people want to gripe and complain about these big entries. But there's $30 hunts. There's hundred dollar hunts, thirty five, two hundred dollars. You need well, to get your numbers right. Oh, excuse me, I'm a little old school. Uh, there's thirty five, dollars two hundred dollar pro classics, three, four, five thousand. I think to me, there's a place for everybody to play, and I think this right here kind of cuts it down the middle. You know, um, as far as trying to adhere to the older crowd and the younger crowd, or even the younger crowd that doesn't want everybody staying together. So I think this right here would be a uh, compromise.
0: Yeah, I agree. It's not a bad rule. Um, uh, I'll just say this on it. I think that one way or another the cast needs to stay together, whether it's full time. As of right now, I you know, I'm in, thank you the Lord, I'm in good enough physical shape that I feel like I can walk to every tree. I can stay with the cast. I'm all for, you know, the whole cast stand together at all times. But I know that one day I will be of the older generation, Lord willing, I'll still be hunting dogs and my opinion might change on that. So, you know, trying to think about everybody and play as fair as possible. I think that's a good solution. I think it's in the middle. I'd be happy with either one of them
1: passes. All right. Got another one for you. I actually like this, uh, dogs returning to the tree. The first time will get a hundred And on the second time they get scratched. I agree with that. Yep. And I'll tell you why. I think everywhere else in our sport, when a dog does something wrong, they're penalized. The only time they're not penalized is that first time in PKC, that first time that they go back to that tree. Right, it's deleted. It's deleted. Now, if we're talking UKC, they can go back 100 times, which that's the number one rule I don't agree with. But that's neither here nor there. Um, Yeah, I I completely agree with that, and I like that rule. Yeah, I'm, I'm into that one. All righty, moving on. I think, I think we're almost to the hot topic. It's about time. I'm hungry, and we got dogs to cut loose. Uh, I mean, there's a couple other ones that I don't think we'll get into. I think, I think the strike because there's so many strike proposals. Okay, okay. I think that what we'll do is just um, maybe go over a broad spectrum of uh, different ones there's multiple ones it's saying you know 30 seconds minute have to strike under the minute I I think if we lump them all together into um, we can talk all about all of them together and then the one about the first dog to tree we can talk about that one separate what would you say okay Um, lead it off lead
0: it off I'll, I'll just I'll go with the flow here you're gonna go with the flow yeah, because I have an opinion on it. You know, I've thought about that. You and I had an in-depth conversation, and I wish we would have recorded this the other day. We had probably, what, a 40-minute conversation Oh, man, that one this. was good. I'm, oh, it was hot. That one, that one was good. I liked that one. It was hot and heavy.
1: This one here, um, I've ha- we've both had time to think about it since that discussion that we had. I don't particularly like the proposals with the... 50 strike and everything else 25 you're doing the exact same thing the dogs that bark first are getting the advantage um i think i'm just gonna jump right in and just tell you about my feelings about the whole strike in general um i think forever in a day i'm not opposed to just leaving it the way it is even though even though i don't believe that we are justly awarding the right winner all the time And I'll give you an example. A little female, wild style Molly. Owner, Nikki Hale. I sold him that dog. That dog was notorious for busting loose on a deer, buddy. You cut her loose every breath. And the minute she shut up, start your clock. 15, 20, 30 seconds, boom, she'd be treated. When she shut up, that's because she smelled a cone. When she treed, that's because she treated. it. So I was getting 100 strike. Was I taking advantage of it? Yep. I was getting 100 strike off of a deer. Now I'll give you another quick scenario. This don't happen very often. You cut four dogs loose. Two minutes goes by. Three minutes goes by. Nothing barks. All of a sudden, no Joe down there in the bottom. Barks three times Bryce strikes him in he runs for about five minutes and then he shuts up next time you hear him he's five six hundred yards to the left now running another track what was he running on that first one don't know but yeah he got a hundred strike yep so forever in a day since the beginning since I can remember we have awarded dogs based on them just barking just opening their mouth not having a clue what they were getting points for
0: right and and we can't you know like it was mentioned earlier in the Collins we can't tell what they're smelling yep. we don't know if a quote unquote track is
1: evident Yep, we can, we can't prove that and and that goes along with everybody and I've been very adamant and vocal on social media about in my personal opinion anybody that believes that they can definitely tell when a dog is babbling and when he's not, is fully naive. You can't sit here and tell me. And I put a, an example up on the board. Um, oh, Buddy, everybody knows the dog that I hunt. I was at Tournament of Champions. Buddy's got a habit every now and then. You cut him loose in a field with, full of other dogs, you know how it is. They get happy, they get excited, you cut him loose, they go running down the edge He may say seven, eight, nine barks, right? Won't happen in the woods, but every now and then in a field, he'll do it. We cut him loose, boom, he goes to barking. I'm like, oh, no, you're not. You're not going to get me. I'm not striking you because I know exactly what you're going to do. You're going to shut up. Next thing you know, you're going to be six-tenths of a mile in there, and I'm going to get minus. Little joker goes about 300 yards, bam, fall street. I've hunted that dog. I know that dog inside and out. And there ain't no way in hell I could have told you that that dog wasn't babbling. There ain't no way.
0: Right. And and I had that happen to me at Black and Tan Days. Um, it wasn't quite that bad, but, you know, they all strike off the lead. And Wheels, I was hunting him. He went 49 yards and rolled up treed. And I was like, I took 50 strike on the deal. You know, he, he went 49 yards distance in front of me, but he went to the left a little bit, went to the right a little bit, but he ended up treed 49 yards in front of me. So, I took 50 strike on that deal. I'm like, well, heck, if I had a freaking struck him in for 100, I'd be sitting in 100 and 100, and I didn't have to walk 50 yards. But I didn't. I lost the cast.
1: Yeah. So, I get it. I get it. I mean, you can't sit here and tell me you know. Now, pretty much the only time you know is if you cut a dog across the field and he's barking every breath, and then he gets to the woods and he shuts up, and you don't hear from him until he's a half a mile in there, then that's obvious. But how many times does that happen?
0: Not very often. Not
1: very often. Usually it's a dog barking here, there, here, there, here, there, here, there, here, there. I mean, how many times in these $35 hunts does a dog strike for $100 and 57 minutes later come to eat and win the cast? That has happened. Many times. Yep. Many times, many times. And like I said, that just kind of goes into the whole rule proposals of, I don't agree with the 50 and 25 rules. There's like four or five of them that vary in time. And, you know, there's even ones out there that if you strike under the minute, you have to tree under the minute. I don't agree with that. I mean, just cause a dog, we've all turned coons loose before. Some of them will go up the first tree. And then some of them I've had some turn loose coons go five, six, seven hundred yards. So you can't justify, Oh, they've got a tree under the minute. So, That leads us to the ever-controversial rule change. Let's
0: hear it. Read it off verbatim. I will read it
1: verbatim.
0: Because I'm, I don't know, I've had a strong feeling on this one for a week or so now. The more I think about it, the more I'm like, okay, I might see the other side. (laughs) But I think there has to be a verbiage change for me to buy in completely. Oh, boy.
1: Let's just dig into it. Let's dig into it. Okay. Josh Watson. Josh Watson proposed this. Yes, sir. All dogs will begin by being struck in for 25. The dogs will then be awarded strike points by the order in which they are declared treed. For example, the first dog declared tree will receive 100 strike points. The second dog declared treed will receive 75 strike points. So on and so on. Dogs will remain at 25 strike until they are declared treed or the fourth dog declared treed. Okay. Hot, hot or not?
0: Mediocre. Okay. I was getting ready to say, I was like, man, You asked me this the other day. I said, not. Mediocre. Now I'm in the middle. I'll tell you why. Okay.
1: You take first on this one. Okay.
0: So I don't think that the dog should, I don't think strike and tree points should be married together. Period. Don't marry them together. Like, they right as of the way this rule is written right now, you don't know how to score the dog until you score the tree. Okay? So to, that's my version of marrying it. I understand gotcha. like you're somewhat married right now, but you have a definite place on the scorecard before you get to the tree. With this rule, you don't have anything other than 25, and that's only so that you have something to minus a dog in case they come back to you. So I don't like that rule. I think if you're going to do it that way, they need to live and die by the sword. If you're going to plus them on a coon, you need to minus them both ways. Plus them both ways on a coon, you need to minus them both ways for leaving.
1: Not, not for leaving.
0: Go ahead. Here's I don't I don't like it. I don't like it. Here's and you know I'm probably going to get some hate mail on this one. That's okay. That's fine. Opinions. The one thing that I would be maybe okay with, and I think this is where the verbiage needs to change, and this was brought up in our call-in session. Do away with the strike points. Put everybody in for a quarter. That way you have something to minus. If the dog comes back to your feet, just do three points. Let's do it. Like I think trying to be a reasonable individual and see both sides of the story and having debated this with you and a couple other people, I think that is a rule that I could I could support and understand. I think understanding mm-hmm. is the key word there. I okay. could understand the lo- the logic behind that more than the strike and tree. I, yeah. It's confusing. It it's not confusing with a strong judge who's capable of doing simple math. It's it's okay. But I don't like I don't like marrying strike and tree. That's how I feel about it.
1: So audience, just to kinda give you a backstory on this. I think we've mentioned it a few times, but when this first started, me and Bryce spent forty five minutes. And Bryce was like, um, you know, he was like a diehard Democrat, and he was far, far left. Do not even <laughs> go there on my podcast. This is mine, and I will take a stand for myself and my beliefs. Go ahead. Uh, he was far one way, and I was far the other way. I was totally for it um, through having time to think about it, talking to a bunch of hunters at Rocheneer Classic, talking to Josh. Watson. I got to talk to him and his uh, boy, Uh, top-notch guys. Uh, First and foremost, top-notch guys.
0: Is that Corey Watson's dad? Yes, it is. Okay, gotcha. I I just put two and two together there.
1: Continue. Top-notch guys, uh, top-notch handlers. Um, Definitely uh, always a pleasure whenever I get to talk to them. So, going on from there, uh, I got to talk to a bunch. So, I think in the time between then and now, you've come to the middle. And I've kind of come to the middle. I can see um, what you're saying with this rule proposal as far as I'm fine if they even pass it the way it is. Me personally. I can see it from your view. Um, I think there's a better way to do it. However, if they were to pass this, to me, you are awarding the dog That trees are coming the fastest. Now, however, there's been a lot of debate. Oh, well, so because mine ran 900 and yours ran 50, that you should win over me. Well, we're already doing that. Yours barked at 50. Mine barked at 900, and you're beating me. We're already doing it. Except for now, at least when you plus that strike points, no matter where he's at, 100, 75, 50, 25, no matter where you're setting, he's got a cone. Or he's in the hole big time in the wintertime. You know, you get a dog that goes in there and bam, slams 100 and 100. He's sitting on a slick, but he was the last one to strike in. That hurts. <laughs> That's going to hurt. But I see where you're coming from. Um, I'm with you, actually. I think the, in my personal opinion, Stephen Basham's personal opinion, which don't mean much. I think the perfect way to do it is everybody strikes in for a quarter. I think the the proposal that Chris Bowling had is completely genius. I think um, the first dog that is tree to coon, you put a one next to that dog. The next dog to tree a coon, you put a two, three, and four. If dog two and four are tied at the end of the hunt, let the first tiebreaker you know how we got those tiebreaker rules on the in the pro hound? Let the first tiebreaker be the dog that treed the coon first. Now the only time that you are awarding a dog for treeing it the fastest is when two dogs are tied.
0: I like that. I I can get on board with that.
1: And I'm not the only one. I was at the Air Classic, and it was me and Dustin Weed and Judas Bowling, and we were standing around um, having a conversation about this. And uh, actually, Dustin's the one that kind of was the first one I heard actually tell it exactly like that. Um, Chris echoed exactly what Dustin was saying uh, out there, and uh, I completely agree with that. I think think that would be a fabulous – and, you know, we got to talking about – kind of getting off topic just a hair. People talk about babbling dogs and how much they win. When was the last time a automatic strike dog won the world, huh? I cannot answer that question because I don't know. $1,000 bill. Long time ago. So, I'm not saying they don't win at the rate that you think they do or that they don't win at a rapid rate, but they don't win – You look at your top-notch dogs out there. I mean, when was the last time that an automatic strike dog was a dominant winner? Probably Z. Z or Marv. Yeah, I I mean. mean, Marv, you strike him off the leash. I mean, there's not. I mean, it's kind of like Travis Carlock was saying. Name me five. But Z Z and Marv are littermates, aren't they? Yes. Yeah, okay, so that makes sense. Name name me five dogs that are top-notch, that are winning, night in and night out out there, that are automatic strike dogs.
0: See, I, I honestly, I, I can't even speak on that and do it in a correct fashion because I I know the dogs that are winning, but I don't dive into the scorecards to see what they're yeah. striking for. So yeah. I cannot speak intelligently on that one.
1: Yeah. And this ain't just for me because there's, like I said, I'm a small fish. I mean, yeah, I do a little bit here and there and I try to hunt hard, but uh, as far as going to these big hunts, I, I, I'm not there. So, uh, you know... I do have sympathy for, you know, I was, uh, reading a couple comments from Michael Ward and he was just basically saying, you know, why, why don't these big hunts be judged and the rule proposals be done by those that hunted? And I, I mean, I, I can't argue with that because, you know, a lot of the guy, the guys that are spending the 6,500 entries, and it's all the same guys usually, for the most part. Um, they're being affected by guys that don't even coon hunt, but sit on the couch.
0: That's correct. But let's go back to Jason Daughtry's comment on somebody's post where he and said, "I agree." Where he said that you know PKC is a club-based membership, and you pay your dues to have a voice. Yes. So, yeah, like you said, you see both sides of the coin. I see both sides. You can play devil's advocate either way you want to play Yes, it. you can. You can, fit, you can fit the narrative however it fits you best. Yes. You can do that. But I think, you know, I think it's important going back to the main topic here on the strike points that I think we've finally both come to a halfway <sighs> agreement.
1: Hey, guys. Um, this is taking a long time. Guys. Is this, is, this is going to freeze over.
0: This is almost like a marriage argument. It's like, taken a while. I mean, he, he's got his side, I've got my side, and you fight and fight and fight, and then you just go your separate ways, and you don't talk for there a day. There
1: was a lot of marriage counseling that went into this.
0: You just don't talk for a day. And then, you know what, you've had time to think on it. Okay, maybe he's not such a terrible guy, but he's still wrong. <laughs> but no, God, no, this is, this is good. And, you know, this is why I wanted to bring Basham on here because, you know, for the longest time, you know, I've got a few certain guys that if I have a question – I know who to call. You know, if I got a real question, I, I'm calling Basham. I'm calling Shane. I'm calling a few of my good buddies, you know, dog training advice, the same way. So I wanted to bring somebody on here who I know that I've had good conversations with, who understands the rules, can speak intelligently on it. And I think Basham is is that guy. And he's done, you know, just fantastic job with the call-ins tonight and fielding all these questions. And, you know, I'm super, super glad to have him on the podcast. So appreciate it, bud. Yeah, man. One thing I want to do before we wrap this up, we're closing in on an hour and a half Providing that all of our stuff recorded. I know it. Oh, like it a did. broken record. Closing in on an hour and a half here, so we don't want to keep them much longer than we need to. But I do want to bring up hashtag simperdoggin.
2: Ooh. Because
0: I like this. I like
1: you. I like you right now. You know why? I'm into this. I was gonna, I was gonna cut your podcast so that I could do a little promoting on my no, uh, no am I'm, 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 you're the man. I, I'm loving you right now. I'm gonna do it. You know, no homo. Um,
0: <laughs> we're not like that on this podcast. At least these, these two guys. So, simper doggin. I like it. You know, because I know your story. I know a little bit about you, and there's there's so much more to the story of Basham than what was. that's that's a whole nother podcast right Than what was told in the uh the pre pre pre-roll there whatever you want to call that the introduction so give me a quick rundown on Simper dogging a
1: quick rundown so um basically uh how it came about real quick down and dirty i'm a union electrician and i worked for the same company for quite a while a bigger company came and bought my smaller company out and they shut the electrical division down so being a union contractor i um was sent back to the hall, which is nothing unordinary for us, you know. Go back to the hall, catch another call, go make some money somewhere, right? Well, I was like, ah, you know what? I'm gonna spend a little time at home and uh, do a few things around the house and uh, catch up on a little bit of hunting, even though we all know that I don't like any of the hunting part.
0: No, I've never seen somebody in my entire life that can hunt all night, sleep on thirty, go on thirty minutes of sleep, and go to work the next day and do it again five nights a week. I've said that for years now. I don't know how he functions, but he does. I'll
1: <laughs> continue, anyways. So um, it just all came about, and uh, I started uh, hunting a few dogs for a few different people, and realized that um, that I can make a. I mean, let's just call it what it is. I can make a little bit of money uh, a month, you know, uh, to support my family, to put food on the table, blah 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 blah, to um, bridge that gap of not working of uh, every single day, you know, going, being an electrician. So, um, I started hunting. Um, and then I got hooked up with an old buddy of mine, um, that, uh, me and him have a lot of similarities, Bobby Taylor. And I started hunting for him. He gave me a few dogs, uh, which we have one very exciting young dog coming up. Mark my words, Axel out of drive line. Really nice. So, uh, up and coming spring one-year-old. So, Um, I just kind of let it go from there and started hunting a few more and a few more. And then just like anything else on Facebook, I was like, man, there's gotta be a way to, um, not just put my name out there as somebody that hunts dogs, but give something back to the people that send me a dog, a little appreciation, you know? I mean, yeah, they're giving me money, but you know, and I'm giving them my time and trying to make their dog better or give them what they want in their dog because uh, for me it's not just coon hunting you know I train bomb dogs and drug dogs and obedience dogs and so there's a lot that goes into it you know from everyday feeding dogs cleaning kennels I mean you know this you got 15 18 dogs up there something like that hey we're down to I think 12 oh we're, man we're doing good how did you talk her into that oh you know some things are give and take that means you need to take a few home right negative okay just checking um, by the way, Nikki, when you listen to this, uh, he really wants a few more puppies just so you know, anyways, <laughs> so, um, I, I just got to thinking and I was looking around and I was like, man, what, what means something to me? You know, I've everybody that's seen me knows that I've got tattoos. And so everything in my life, I try to keep the mean something, um, heartfelt, whatever. And just something in my head kept going back to Semper Fidelis, always faithful, Marine Corps model, always faithful. Um, short, simplify. So I just got to thinking, got to thinking, and I was like, man, I'm always dogging. I'm always hunting. I'm always traveling. This weekend, psh, I got West Virginia State Hunt. Next weekend, I got to hunt. I'm not home for a weekend until October, guys. I mean, every single weekend, I've got the, uh, fall super stakes right in along the lines with World Hunt, which I'll go ahead and – publicly say it i think is the dumbest and most retarded thing that pkc and ukc could do that they can't get above themselves to separate these hunts to give the hunters a little bit of space in between two of the biggest hunts in our field
0: which would be the pkc world qualifiers and automotes.
1: oh no it's not even just that pkc had to uh, yeah, uh, dump on top of that so you have the pkc world qualifiers then you have Automokes. the very next weekend you have UKC zones that Monday starts the fall super stakes yep. and fall super stakes and the UKC world collide. Yep, the third weekend of September.
0: Yep, they do. And you got in a pinch with that one time, didn't twice.
1: You? Yep, twice. You I've had, had, to had to pick where you were going. Tw- which, I mean, that's just me. A UKC world is going to be way more than a super stakes win for me. Uh, so twice I've had to choose between going to the semifinals or the quarterfinals and the top 100. So that's just the way it goes. But anyways, so I got to looking around and trying to see. So uh, the word "simper" in Latin terms means always, and I'm always hunting. So just came up with "simper dogging, and it kind of stuck. Um, I'll let you talk for a second about it, and I'm going to actually just so I can get your thoughts on live air. I'm going to pull up the actual patch that was created, and you will be the first ever to see this patch.
0: Well, how about that? No, that's exciting, and you know I think that Simper Doggin fits you fits you really well because you know anybody that does know you knows that you do everything 100, percent you know, full throttle. There's no slowing down. You you hunt hard, and I don't say that just because you're my buddy. It's it's the fact. Oh my. Okay, I'm I'm into it. That's a nice-looking patch. Who made that? Because it wasn't me. No. Did you use somebody else for a laser no, engraving? No, no, no. Hold up. Did
1: uh, you, hold up. Hold did up. you hold not up. use Midwest Laser Works? Hold up. Hold up. Because I thought about you. My uh-huh. question. Are you ready for this? Uh-huh. Are you sewing them on hats yet? Uh, no. No, I'll are, make the patch. Are you sewing them on hats yet? I'll make the patch, but somebody else has to sew them. Okay. So, this guy here, and and... If you want me to, I can give him a shout out. If not, then I won't. But you're good. now it's a good looking patch. Um, yes, I thought about you at the very beginning. That's but as then, far as I went. A thought. No, nope, I was like, you know what, Bryce is not going to sew and get ready for this. Fifty patches on fifty hats.
0: That's not bad. I mean, that's a pretty decent order. So, S-
1: so my question is, are you going to sew them? Because if you will, then my next order is coming through you, buddy. No, I'm not sewing them. Oh um, come on. I'm busy. Nikki, that is your next endeavor. Yeah. Entrepreneurship. Here you go.
0: Now Midwest Laser Works is busy. We're we're knocking <laughs> out some stuff. But yeah, so the Semper Dogging man, that's a good yes, looking sir. patch. Yes, that's you know, I appreciate fits, you very you. much for that. It fits you well. Like it it excites me to see that. I, I genuinely enjoy it. So we're getting ready to go dogging tonight. We've got you know what four dogs here at the house
1: uh yeah well we got three i went and picked up a uh, fall one-year-old that is a younger litter mate to axel so i'm excited to see what's going to happen um i want to give a shout out to uh, prairie branch kennels that's where he's going to be headed michelle and ben roberts they do an amazing job down there uh training young dogs in the pen so uh that's just my personal preference uh go on my facebook see me at Simper Doggin, and if you have a dog that you need hunted up you need to put a little bit of time a little bit of training uh please look my way and give me a call
0: yeah man um it's been great it's been a great podcast i'm looking forward to going and turning some dog loose tonight i tell you what though if the dog gets in the swamp tonight that they got in on uh let's see here saturday night we're sending jocelyn <laughs> i'm not going and
1: now. and by the way guys uh hundred percent um respect bryce and everything that he's done um oh man bryce it's been a wild ride i remember way back he was a young gun uh didn't know anybody didn't know anything and uh i contacted johnny hamilton and said hey i need somebody to handle a dog for me he said uh I got a guy he don't really know the rules, but uh, he'll handle one. He'll call him strike and call him tree, and that's about all he knows. And uh, I picked Bryce up at the local Seven Eleven. You know, sticking his thumb out, holding his freaking pant leg up, looking for a ride. And uh, we've been rocking and rolling ever since. I appreciate you, bud. You're there, ride or die, my hype man. Um, not only that, but I uh, I am genuinely um, proud of you and the endeavors that you've made. Not only with this podcast, but uh, your laser work company uh, starting it from scratch not knowing anything about it and guys he does some quality work if you haven't seen his leather tumblers uh, by the way you will be getting a, a sizable order for those leather tumblers because they are amazing uh, look him up he does an amazing job and i just wanted to personally give you a shout out for that yeah
0: buddy i appreciate that it's it's been a wild ride you know like i said just when I met you, didn't know much about it. and
1: You remember the videos that we got so much crap for, but Alan oh Alan, loved, loved, them. loved
0: them. Because we're just living in the moment, man. We're just having fun, you know? Not I, big-headed, not just... A lot of
1: people took us wrong That
0: Nah, there wasn't for no reason videos. to take us wrong. It was just two guys having fun, living in the yeah. moment. You know, but there's been a lot from the, oh, man, the zones, to the world hunt, to super stakes, to... By the way... To, uh, to Basham getting his truck stuck in the only <sighs> mud puddle in an entire field during the middle of a drought...
1: We're going to have to save all of these stories for a different style of podcast. Yeah. Cause this one's getting long. It is. It's getting long winded. One last shout out. My daughter, the champ, she is coming out of retirement tonight. I love having her with me. Um, she's my little sidekick. <laughs> uh, I, I wouldn't be doing anything that I'm doing without the little sidekick next to me, pushing me. So, uh, yeah, definitely Good. love having her here and loving to share the moment. And, uh, bring her up in this field that i absolutely love
0: yeah man all right well let's wrap it up here i appreciate it jocelyn thanks for coming tonight thanks for hanging out while we sit here and ramble on about rules and dogs we know you listen to it on the phone every day so you have to keep up. <laughs> hold with on
1: it. one last thing jocelyn what do you say dad come here what do you say dad sounds like when he talks about dogs
0: blah 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 dogs 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 <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I think we're going to end with that one. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Dogs, dogs, dogs. All right,
0: guys, we're done. That's it. We're done. Blah, blah, blah. blah That's a dog, mic drop. Dog, dogs. So, yeah, guys, go over to uh, HoundsmanXP.com. You can find all of our merch over there. You know, check out the leather app tumblers we just talked about. Check out the new hats, the new shirts, the stickers, the dog boxes. We've got everything over there on HoundsmanXP.com. We look forward to seeing you guys at Automokes. That's coming up. I'll be there. Bash will be there. Chris, Don't mess
1: it up with Spot.
0: Chris Heath. Yeah, I got a hunt spot this year. Chris Heath. You know, um, all just uh, all the guys from the team are going to be at Automokes. It's going to be a great time. We look forward to seeing you guys there. Uh, feel free to swing by, talk to all of us. If you guys like this new style where we had a little guest call in, provided it works for the seventeenth time, then you know, let us know. Drop us a, a DM. Let us know through email uh however you guys want to get a hold of us let us know if you like that style we want to give you listeners what you want to hear so hopefully you guys enjoy this podcast we've got dogs to turn loose i've got to make me some dinner before we do that though because i'm getting ready to blow away in the wind
1: i'm ready but i hate to um, be a bear bad news but uh, you're not gonna
0: blow away blah 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 dogs dogs dogs, dogs, dogs. dogs. see you guys <laughs>